As we are approaching our youngest son, Blaine's birthday, 20th birthday in a couple weeks, as you might expect, Sarah and I are spending a lot of time thinking back when he was young and so cute. I remember especially how, when he was really little, how when it was getting late at night and a lot of exciting things were happening, you know, if we had family over or friends over, how he would struggle to stay up, to stay awake. You'd see his eyes start to flutter and his legs begin to wobble and he'd do everything he could just to keep awake, to not miss the action. Have you ever felt this way, so tired, and yet something is important to do? Something you don't want to miss, and so you struggle to stay awake, to stay alert, to stay focused. In our gospel lesson this morning uh, from Luke, the disciples felt this way. The scriptures tell us that they were weighed down with sleep but have this sense that something big, that something important is about to happen. There's a transition point in their life that seems to be just before them. And so they fight to stay alert. And Jesus' appearance changes before their eyes. He is transfigured. Now the transfiguration, that's not a word you get to say every day. Raise your hand if you said transfiguration last week. Probably not. It's not an easy subject, as you could see from the children's message, for folks to grasp. You all wish you had your Iron Man masks on right now. But transfiguration, if you think about what's happening, yes, Jesus is changing, but perhaps you might think that this is, it's, it's not that he's changing to something new, it's probably better being perceived here as revealing perhaps of who he really is. And perhaps what's being transfigured is actually the impression of the disciples to who Jesus really is. To recognizing all those things that he's been talking about about going on to what waits him in Jerusalem. That's what he's focused on. Now how easy it would have been for them to have missed it. Feeling weighed down, feeling tired as, as perhaps we feel at times. It's hard to keep your focus on your faith, to hold on to hope when life seems to get overwhelming at times. We wish we could put ourselves in uh, uh, superheroes' clothes and take on the world. We don't have those masks and those uniforms. And you also have to remember what, Je what the disciples and everyone else is, is thinking at the time. Who is Jesus? That was on the minds and the lips of all the people that were surrounding Jesus and the disciples at that time and on the minds and the lips of the disciples themselves. Who is this Jesus? And you might say that's still on the minds and the lips of people today. Where is God's love 
in our midst. God says, this is my son. Listen to him. That seems like pretty good advice. But it's not necessarily easy. You have to work at it. Christ calls us, as he did his disciples, to go where it might not be comfortable to go. And like Peter, in this gospel story, we we say, hold on, Jesus. You know, Peter up on that mountaintop says to Jesus, let me just build a few memorial huts. You know, one for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses, for God. And we can just stay up here on this mountain. We'd be safe from all the painful and challenging and and difficult decisions that we have to make if we confront the world with our faith, if we get down into the nitty-gritty of our lives. Let's just stay up here. Let's stay nice and cozy together. But unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending on the way you look at it, Jesus doesn't call us to a nice and cozy faith. Jesus tells Peter and tells James and John and tells us it's time to go. Time to go. I can remember those words so well when I was very young. What awful, hard words those are for a child to hear. You know, I'd be at my grandmother's or at at a friend's house or at the playground, someplace where it was just wonderful to be. And then here would come my mother. And I could tell it was coming. Okay, time to go. I'd be like, no, I like it here. So nice being here. Not now, let me stay. And if I had to, of course, I would grab hold of something, even if it was my grandmother's leg and they'd have to pry me loose. Time to go is the hardest thing for a child and the hardest thing for a child of God to hear. Time to go, Jesus says to us. Time to take up the cross and follow me. Jesus, in this transfiguration event, is moving from his ministry of healing and teaching in Galilee and turns toward the cross awaiting him in Jerusalem. That's why we read it on this Sunday as we turn toward Lent and look to Good Friday and Easter, we turn toward the cross. And there Jesus is turning toward the cross and in that act of sacrificial love, Christ transforms and transfigures in a way all of humanity, including us. The question for the disciples and for us is, is, will we follow? Will we let ourselves be transfigured into people who are willing to walk with Christ and have our lives reshaped? Will we allow ourselves to be transfigured as we reveal who we are 
as children of God? Will we come off the mountain? Will we come out of a place of sanctuary where God is so apparent, maybe like the sanctuary of our church? And will we go from church and follow Christ as we go into our weekday lives, into the nitty-gritty of our lives where sometimes God and God's love doesn't seem so apparent. Where we have to work God at it. Making God's love apparent to ourselves and helping to make God's love apparent to others. Peter certainly didn't want to go at first. He was very comfortable liked what was going on. It's scary to think about how your life might change if you really and fully accept this responsibility and follow where Jesus calls you to go. And yet for Peter and for us, it's time to go, to let go of whatever those things are that you cling to in your life, and to let ourselves be heard and be seen because our world needs it. You know, I went to the Harvard Meals, Harvard Square Meals program on Thursday that happens over at Christ Church across the common. And it's a good reminder of the opportunities that we have to be transfigured in our lives and how we can help others also feel the power of transfiguration because the amazing thing is when you share who you are as a child of God both the person you are serving and yourself as server you are transfigured the power of transfiguration comes real because you see yourself and you see others as the children of God we all are God said to us just like God said to those disciples, and as Peter did in that second letter, this is Christ, my love, alive in your midst. A light to be guided by, can you see him? Do you know him? And if you do, how does it change your life? We're challenged by Christ to move from a, a safe place of faith and like Peter said, to be lamps that shine, shine in the darkness. There's a lot of darkness in our world. We're called to be people of the light by speaking boldly of a love of God in our midst a love of God that speaks above the racism, classism, and genderism that so often tries to drown out that love. We're called to be the light of Christ speaking boldly of peace in the face of nationalism and gun violence and a warfare economy. And not just to speak, but to work and to serve and to share to be revealed as the children of God that we're called to be. And I know that can be frustrating and that can be hard when you walk from this place 
into the dirtiness of our world. And it can be frustrating because we wish more things would happen, more change would occur. Whenever I feel that way, I think about this time when this person was talking to Mother Teresa and shared these words. He, he, he was talking to Mother Teresa and he said, do you, do you think you can eliminate poverty by what you're doing? At this time, she was 90 years old. He said, you're 90 years old. She actually had pneumonia. You have pneumonia. You're traveling around the world. You're going to wear yourself out trying to save the homeless poor. And she said in return, I wasn't called to be successful, but to be faithful. I wasn't called to be successful. I was called to be faithful. And then she said, each one of us has something beautiful to do for God. What is that something beautiful you have to do for God this week? Who needs to hear and know that good news of God's love for them this week? Christ calls us to go, to be transfigured with him to radically change the way we live our lives toward lives of service, toward lives of love, toward lives of sacrifice, which challenge people with our faith and which does something beautiful for God. Each one of you has something beautiful to do for God this week. As you enter into Lent, as we go into that season of Lent, we have to ask ourselves, what needs to change in our lives that will allow us to move forward, to be transfigured as a child of God, ready to take our faith out of this place, into our world to do something beautiful for God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you as we do each and every day of our lives seeking to stay alert, struggling to keep our focus in a world that so often throws us off course. Help us to hear your call to go where we're called to go, to move from wherever we get a little too comfortable in our faith to the new possibilities that you place before us. And we know, dear God, that Sometimes we might see radical change and sometimes it might seem like a glacier. 
But through it all, let us be faithful. Let us share the beauty of your creation through the beauty of your hope and your promise through us. And we just ask, dear God, if anyone comes here this morning with a special burden, with a challenge, with a a darkness that seems overwhelming, dear God, that they might feel in this moment a sense of uplifting, a sense of freedom, a sense of newness, that they might feel not only your love, but the love of this church family holding on to them, inviting them into the future you hold in your hands, not necessarily always perfect, but never alone. Help us to feel that strength and courage as we turn ourselves with you. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's join together on page 2103 in your Black Faith We Sing hymnal. As we sing, we have come at Christ's own bidding. Please stand if you are able. (laughs) 